Blog Talk Radio. Welcome everyone is another episode of the Roman Show. This week we welcome Gage of To Speak of Wolves. He talks about the new album just dropped this month, Dead in the Shadow. This plus much more coming up on the Roman Show, which starts right now. Step down to the get down. All right, whenever you're ready. Five seconds to the open. Aquarius, watch that little gimbal. We don't want you coming off in the face. Booster, go. Retro, go. Lido, go. Fly. Guidance, Surgeon, go. Go. GNC, we're go. Down here, go. Control, go. 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 We are go. Network, go. Discovery, go. Capcom, we're go. Fly. Launch control, this is Houston. We are go. The Roman Show. With your host, Rodolfo Roman. Alright everyone, it's another episode. The Roman Show returns for the week of, well, July 30th. And pretty much July is a wrap. So here we are starting with August. We're heading now soon to the uh, fall season. We're going to get some good stuff, some football. We're going to get some basketball hockey and so many other sports including that big huge Mayweather versus Conor McGregor fight on August uh, 26th so looking forward to that but before we get started I have to introduce none other than my main man the dashing one George Alonzo what are you sipping on today man a chocolate and vanilla swirl margarita and now you might wonder what do you mean by a swirl? Well, you see this whipped cream right on top of here? This gives that vanilla flavor and, of course, the nice little chocolatey uh, margarita. This is delicious. Ah, perfect dessert. White chocolate, I guess, in a manly mentality, that just doesn't sound good. But we'll leave it as that. By the way, George, I understand that you were at the Florida SuperCon. You uh, interviewed several people, including Jason, David, and Frank. We have the exclusive interview. We will be posting that soon on our YouTube channel, but you can always check it out on theromanshow.com. But, but how was the Florida Supercon this year, man? It was amazing. It was a great experience. I thank, of course, Florida Supercon for even letting us in. Uh, it was a great experience. Great to talk to a lot of people. Again, great to talk to a lot of new listeners, to a lot of new fans who came up to us and said, hey, I want to be interviewed or whatever. You know, it, it was a great, great experience nonetheless. And, and mind you, just to be getting that opportunity to stand next, uh, shoulder to shoulder with the Green Ranger, an MMA fighter, Jason David Frank was by far one of the best experiences I've ever had. Very humble guy. So let me go ahead and shop, shoot down these rumors of people giving him the the the, the, the a-hole, you know, feel. He is far from that, and uh, by all means, I'll take it as experience, as the man was very welcoming. The guy offered a photo, and I couldn't be happier. So he, he was a true, true professional. Yeah, he's a very great guy and, uh, you know, big fan of the show and looking forward to posting that interview 
on our uh, the, U- the YouTube channel on the web, the WomanTroll.com website, where you can check it out for yourself. And you also interview Linda Blair and many others, so we're looking forward to all those great interviews on our social media accounts. Right now, you can see Rick Flair talk about his 30 for 30 in ESPN and many other sub- subjects that we spoke about. So head on over to TheRomanShow.com to find out all those details. Follow us on our social media accounts at The Roman Show on Twitter, Roman Show Media on Facebook, and on Instagram. But we are always live on theromanshow.com. But make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube. That's youtube.com forward slash allroman0201. All right, guys, let's get things started here with Reality Check and Talking Pro Wrestling. And now. All right, George, before we get started, I want to mention some uh, events that we got coming up this month, coming up here uh, in August, August 12th, uh, FEW returns with Autumn Brawl number 2, it's August 12th at the Coral Springs High School, you'll be able to see their WWE veteran Marty Jannetty, who will be taking on uh, Sweet Johnny Velvet. Johnny Velvet winning the FEW Championship. He is the first openly gay professional wrestler uh, to win a title for FEW here in South Florida. By the way, did you know that uh, Sweet Johnny Velvet actually made headlines uh, with his uh, his victory? You know, it's, it's the first promotion uh, that I'm aware of that has an openly gay professional wrestler as a champ. Yeah, well, here's the thing with uh, Sweet Johnny Velvet. I know the guy personally, and I've worked with him uh, behind the scenes at these FEW shows and every show that I've, I had the pleasure of working with him uh, before FEW as well. Uh, but, by, you know, I have to say the man is so openly dedicated and so inspiring to the people that he helps and trains. He shows people that don't ever lose sight of who you are. And that's what he is, that he stood up for that when he was openly, uh, you know, how you're saying that he, he admits to be openly gay. And, and you know, it, it, it's amazing that people are like him like that, that go out of the, their way and, and just telling people and showing people, hey, don't be afraid of who you are. Because this is who you truly are. It's truly inspiring his story. I'm talking about, and the fact that you he was he won the heavyweight championship. The, like like you, Mr. Roman. I'm not aware of any other company that has given a title to someone like him. Um, but just the fact that he now is the champion. That's by far an amazing, amazing accolade for him. Yeah, no doubt about that. And actually, we have that interview. You can see it also on our YouTube account, so make sure you check that out. And then on August 19th, Ronin returns with Ronin 16. Tickets are on sale. Uh, you're going to be able to see that great event at the Broward College South Campus, so make sure you put that down on your calendar. So August 12th and August 19th, good, two great shows here in South Florida you do not want to miss. All right, George, well... I don't know if you got to check out that video of Chris Jericho. So Chris Jericho was in New York this past weekend. He was, uh, well, at an event for a, uh, a good friend of his that passed away. And this fan approaches Chris Jericho and starts asking for, well, he was actually signing autographs and taking pictures. But this one fan 
just for some reason got irritated. And, and Chris Jericho started to fight back. He was cussing and saying bad words. He later apologized and said, listen, I got a little carried away. I was very emotional. My good friend passed away. So I really don't know where my head was. But uh, for the most part, if that were to happen, I would just tell the fan, hey, you know, just buzz off and I'll do my thing. But, man, I've never seen Chris Jericho living like that. Did you get to catch the, the video? No, I never got to catch the video. I was, uh, uh, basically, I was too busy working on my Russell City radio stuff. But, like, to kind of segue with what you're giving me here, I, one cannot blame Chris Jericho for being in the position that he was in. Of course, he was running on the emotions with his friend that just passed away. And then you have a heckler just coming out of nowhere to make your day even worse. So I, I, I've been there. So it, it could turn... It, days like that could turn any professional into one of those people you just don't like anymore. So I could vouch for Chris Jericho that basically, yes, it, it, sometimes when you're going through emotional stress, sometimes the stress gets uh, the best view, and and it is what it is. But some people just like New York. Like, no offense to New York, Mr. Roman, but New York is always famous about uh, being one of the toughest cities in the world. It's a little so, hot. Yeah. yeah, it's a little hot. So, But, you know, some fans are just dicks, you know. They, they, they get carried away. They think that they deserve the world. Yes, I understand you're there paying your seats and, you know, some of the, that, that money goes into their um, salary. But come on. I mean, maybe he was very tired. You know, he's had a long night. And only because he's a superstar and you're buying a ticket doesn't give you the right or doesn't give Chris Jericho the right to sign or take a picture with every single fan in a tent. I mean, the guy is human being. He, he, he gets tired. You know, he's probably mentally exhausted. So for this douchebag to come out here and start cussing and start, uh, start something with Chris Jericho, you know, it just goes to show you, man, you know, have some respect. Have a little respect. Chris Jericho is a very nice guy, very educated person. And he's not the type of guy that will go out there and cuss and, and, and do this type of thing. So, let it slide. But, you know, let Chris Jericho relax. He just had a long night. People need to understand, Mr. Roman, that, you know, when they, when they buy their tickets, yes, they're buying their tickets to watch a show. But you also have, you're buying a ticket for you can express your, your feelings as a fan by booing or cheering your favorite superstar. Now, when you get to the point of, say, hey, I'm going to get to this guy's face, that does not include the price of your ticket, okay? That is not included. Now, that is on you, okay? So if you're confronting Chris Jericho and you think that, that you're, the, the amount of money that you pay for your ticket is covering that, no, it's not. It's covering just your booze, your yays, and entertainment, Absolutely. That's it. Yeah, that's it, man. There's no reason for them to act up that way. Either way, I, I will tell you one person that's acting up, and I, honestly, I, I, I give her credit for doing it. Becky Lynch is calling out the newly crowned champion of the UFC, Chris Cyborg. I don't know what Becky Lynch, or I don't know if she knows what she is getting herself into. I understand her boyfriend or significant other is an MMA fighter, but listen... Chris Cyborg is a beast of a fighter. And in my opinion, Ronda Rousey got lucky to be the face of women's MMA. Because if they would have given the opportunity to Chris Cyborg, that woman right there would have been the face of mixed martial arts for the females. 
I don't know what Angle is trying to do here in SummerSlam and inviting Chris uh, uh, Chris Cyber, but if they do, and, and, and something really escalates, and this is not a storyline, Becky Lynch will be knocked out. She'll be sleeping in the middle of the, of the ring if they really seriously want to take this to the next level. Well, that's the thing. Who knows where this is leading up to? Who knows if, if this is a story or, or what have you? Because both of them have traded shots on Twitter already with among themselves. Like, Chris Cyborg even tweeted out to Triple H saying, I want Becky Lynch at SummerSlam. It's basically, and she always hashtags Cyborg versus the world. So Chris Cyborg is literally open in arms to say, I'll fight anyone and anywhere because this is just me versus everybody. And that makes for amazing television. I'm not going to lie to you. So, but don't think, Mr. Roman, and this is, of course, to all due respect to MMA fans and, and, and MMA fighters, but if you're entering the, the realm of WWE, okay, I'm not going to say you're going to lose. I'm not going to say you're going to win. I'm just going to say if you're entering their realm, you're going to play by their rules. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is this. If, if say hypothetically, if Triple A, if this does come true, where it's Chris Cyborg versus Becky Lynch at SummerSlam, don't don't be surprised if you're if you're not gonna you're, if you're gonna get a you know, uh, sorry if you're not gonna get a domination by Chris Cyborg you're gonna ha- you're gonna see a back and forth fight because you're entering the realm of the WWE you might win Chris Cyborg might win Chris Cyborg might lose but the fact of the matter is it's going to be a fair fight because you're entering the realm now if Becky Lynch went to the UFC then now we're t- talking differently here. <laughs> so, but that, you that, what I'm we, saying is God bless Becky Lynch for what she's doing if, if she really wants to take it to the next level. Well, I'm, I'm just saying because look what happened to uh, to Mayweather. Mm-hmm. You know, when he went on to fight Big Show. Yes, it's a huge difference. Uh, you know, two big differences here. I, I understand that. But, you know, Mayweather had to take chops from the Big Show. Mayweather had to take a sidewalk slam from the Big Show. This is a professional boxer, not a professional wrestler. He was a professional boxer. So what do you think Chris Cyborg is going to have to take if she came into SummerSlam? Well, let's wait and see, but it be very interesting to see Chris Cyborg inside a, a WWE ring. And she even called out Triple H on Instagram saying, hey, let's make it happen. I won yep. the UFC championship title. Let's do this, Triple H. So stay tuned, guys, because I'd really like to see what's going to happen with uh, Chris Cyborg and Becky Lynch. And it's great to see that, you know, that. And then don't forget, when in NXT, you had the whole four horsewomen versus the uh, four horsewomen of uh, MMA. So there's a lot of of, uh, interactions there between professional wrestling and MMA. And by the way, George, there's rumors I've been having that, you know, Vince McMahon has thought of, possibly potentially selling the WWE and one name or one company that's been uh, been thrown out there is WME which, which right now owns the, the UFC of course this is all speculation we, we don't know if this is going to happen but we, we've heard the rumors and there's been some interest we, we don't I mean we don't know what's going to be the outcome if, if the day comes when trip when Vince um, McMahon decides to leave WWE retires or whatnot, but 
can you imagine if the WWE were to be sold? I, I don't I don't know where I don't know I don't know, but if WME or IMG were to buy this company, which mind you, they are an entertainment company, but I just can't see the WWE. I, I don't know where it would be without the McMahon. Well, that's the one thing a lot of people fear because technically speaking, like they, they've already kind of shut down on the idea of Stephanie McMahon taking over the empire, you know, once Vince steps down. Same thing for Shane. Now, I don't think they're going to pass the torch to Shane. So technically the only person you have left is Triple H. And I feel like Triple H's motive uh, in the WWE or with his time in NXT is to take over the WWE when his father-in-law steps down. But the, so right now, the possibility of the McMahon family not being in the picture, like in Vince McMahon, uh, where he is now, is high because Triple H might be the next one in line to win it, to 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 get it. But the thing is that now that you bring up the sale. If they were to sell the WWE, then what would happen to the whole thing in general? Like, will Triple H still take over? Or will they give it to Shane? Will they give it to Stephanie? Or are they going to give it to some just random Joe Schmo? So, it's, yes, it's a huge question. But be as it may, I'm going to still think positive about it. Because in so far, their time owning UFC has been a very successful one. For Christ's sake, look at all these great fights they've signed up. Okay? So imagine what they're doing to the UFC, to the WWE. Maybe it will finally get the WWE product that so many fans have been waiting for, and that is, you know, a unchained, un, with no <laughs> no shackles, maybe. I don't know. I, 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 I... I just, I don't know. I, I, I can't. Right now, my mind is a blur if that were to happen. If, if the WWE were to be sold to this, this company, it's an entertainment company. I just, I could just not imagine uh, WWE without a McMahon running the show behind the scenes. But we'll have to wait and see. Right now, we're going to go ahead and welcome Gage up to speak of Wolves to talk about their latest album, which drops in July. You can hear it right now streaming on some of the services such as Spotify. Coming up next, Gage of To Speak of Wolves on The Roman Show. Welcome back, everyone, to The Roman Show. You got a pick of the new album from To Speak of Wolves. It already dropped July 21st. If you don't have a, your hands on the copy, I don't know what you're doing. But Den the Shadow is out right now as we speak. You can also stream, listen to the uh, stream audio, the stream album on uh, Spotify and all the other outlets. And it's a pleasure to have here on the Roman Show the vocalist for it to speak of Wolves, Gage. How are you, Gage, man? I'm good, man. How are you? Oh, absolutely awesome. Can't, can't complain. And, you know, I've been listening to some of the new albums. Some of the new, the, the, especially the new singles that came out, Haunt Me, uh, which, by the way, you guys can check it out right now on theromanshow.com. Uh, out of the 11 tracks that you have on this new album, Haunt Me, it was your first single. How, how, how come you guys decided to do that? What did we, why did we decide to do yeah, that? Yeah, why did you guys decide to make Haunt Me the uh, the first single? Um, I think because, you know, it's, it's one of the 
faster, heavier tracks, and um, you know, it's always kind of, it's always going to be kind of stressful to choose a single, you know, because it's like, well, if we do, you know, something that pleases new fans or something that pleases older fans, you know, you kind of, it's just, it's really, you worry about it a ton, you know. Um, so we're just like, screw it, man, something's awesome. Let's just throw that one out there, just kind of punch everybody in the face a little bit. And so that was, that was wild. <laughs> So I listen to some of the lyrics there. I understand more something about letting go uh, of those around you or whatnot. But it, was this a, a personal reflection on your end uh, behind the lyrics, or maybe someone in the band, or maybe as a band in general? How, how did the lyrics come about for this this song? Yeah, yeah, uh, it's, it's all personal. I think all the songs are uh, all the lyrics are really really personal. Yeah, I kind of tend to take that route. Um, I think that's kind of been one of our one of our things we've always pride ourselves on is just trying to make real, um, you know, intense music, um, both, you know, uh, lyrically and sonically. Um, so, yeah, yeah, definitely. Now, last year, in 2016, you guys returned with uh, OKLB, a part of this world. Uh, it had been some time since you guys had produced some music. Take me into that, and then obviously later on you produced uh, uh, Dead in the Shadow, but take me into that moment when you guys got back together you got the group together to say, okay, you know, let's start producing some new music. How did that begin? How, how did it start? Who was the who took the lead on that and putting everyone together to start writing some new music and producing some good stuff? Yeah, um, so we've always kind of had a band chat going um, that we'd always, you know, as a group, and we'd always kind of talk to everyone so well and stuff. And then uh, like we were just sitting on our couch one night, and Phil, um, our drummer, texted me and was just like, uh, hey, would you want to do, like, an EP for fun? And, uh, you know, we'd all been, like, living and just, you know, doing, like, normal, like, Greg's jobs and stuff, and, uh, I was like, yeah, dude, that sounds freaking incredible, um, so, uh, so it just kind of went off from there, and then, um, we just kind of started writing some songs and recording them, and, um, you know, we all, we all live in, like, separate states and stuff, so we were just, uh, kind of just chat going and shoot, like, MP3s, whatever, back to, uh, back and forth to one another and um, I started taking those writing some uh, like lyrics and stuff to them and it just kind of went from there and then uh, we had a buddy in uh, North Carolina his name is Shane and he owns a record label called Cardigan and uh, Shane's like well dude I'll, I'll put it out if you guys want you know, want to do something with it like I'd love to put it out for you guys and so it was just like a one and done kind of deal. So we just went ahead and we're like, all right, man, that sounds freaking awesome. So we just uh, went and recorded that that EP, and then from there, um, Solid State approached us, and uh, they liked the EP. They're like, you guys are doing full length, and we're like, hell yeah, man, that sounds awesome. So that's really how it kind of went down. It was just kind of out the blue, and um, people were super stoked on the EP, and uh, that kind of just fueled our fire some more. Um, so then we just did, uh, we're like, all right, let's, let's do this full length, you know? And so then we did a full length, and things have, been, things have been going super well for us right now, which is rad. Yeah, you guys have definitely been on the road, visited several areas, but Dead in the Shadow, why the title to that album? How did that come about? Does that have to do something with, with uh, you guys being uh, quiet a little bit from the scene or something else? Yeah, I, I mean, that's a good way to look at it. Uh, I never thought about that, that aspect of it before. Um, yeah, Dead in the Shadow kind of comes from a place of, um, well, it's funny, 
because we wanted to call the record the Revenant, hmm. um, because the Revenant is so it's the idea definition of like someone who's among who was once amongst the dead, uh-huh. and um, you know we're kind of like kind of played a really cool their story, um, but then labels got too close to the movie, so uh-huh. <laughs> we had to think of something else. Um, so yeah, I thought of Death and Shadows, and everyone really liked it. Um, and to me, Death and Shadow is just about you know you're always connected to your shadow. You know what I mean? Like you can't have light. You can't have light. You know, or you I can't have a shadow without light. And so um, it's just a it's just a thing of like man, you can't have you can't have life without your past. You know, about your past mistakes or you know the dark side of humanity or whatever. All these things affect you. Um, so that was kind of how it was kind of like, man, yeah, we're just kind of, you know, dead inside of, you know, our past or, you know, your life, whatever, those kind of things, just trying to navigate through it. Um, yeah, that's what. Now, out of the 11 tracks, is there one specific song? Uh, of course, it could be Haunt Me itself, but is there one particularly that you relate to the most or that, that was kind of like really big, you know, break, taking out the most emotional part of you? Uh, while writing this music, one particular song that maybe when you perform is really going to hit you home when you perform it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think uh, all the songs are lyrically pretty intense, but um, I think the biggest one, uh, I think the second to last song on the record is called Touch. And um, that, that song about me uh, being molested when I was a kid. Wow. Um, so I, uh, I've been going to counseling and like therapy um, the last last like year or so now, and um, so I've been kind of like navigating through just all these different things with my with my counselor and uh, you know big stress I had was like you know writing lyrics for an EP. Yeah, it's like five songs. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, whatever. You know what I mean? I can write five songs, but then you got like you know eleven songs that you have to write lyrics for and. A huge stress of mine was like, holy crap, what, what am I going to think about, you know, like, what am I going to do? Um, and so my counselor's rad dude named Al, he was just like, man, I think, you know, I think we've gone over a lot of stuff here that we could totally talk about, you know, that would have a huge effect on you, you know, that effect on people. Um, so I was like, yeah, man, maybe you're right, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I wrote the lyrics to, to touch, um, and uh, that was pretty intense recording that song. With, uh, you know, it's very real and kind of raw lyrics. Um, doesn't really hold, doesn't really hold much back. You know what I mean? And like, I wanted it to be that way because I know that you know a lot of people have been like sexually assaulted and stuff. And so I kind of wanted to make um, this anthem for you know people who uh, you know wouldn't feel so alone and stuff like that. So yeah, probably probably definitely that song. Sure. And is this a song that, that you yeah. would perform live? You know, I, I think of a similar situation. Jonathan Davis, you know, he, he had a song uh, in the first album uh, that he performed uh, with Korn, uh, Daddy, you know, that he said he would never perform uh, because it's about his molestation that he faced too. But is this a song that you would, you would gladly perform and perhaps send that message out to those that maybe have been affected by something that you have? Oh, yes, for sure, man. I'd, I'd love to. I, I mean, I'm used to to, um, you know, play all the songs on the record, you know, they're, I love all of them, um, but yeah, I would definitely be down, um, play touch for sure, you know, I think that, um, you know, I think a lot of people will, you know, enjoy it, or it'll bring a lot of the 
attention to something that I think no one really talks about. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and it's something very sensitive. Not many individuals will be uh, open to speak about it, but you know, God bless you for that. You, you take a lot of guts. Uh, so now you're touring. <laughs> you're touring with he's a leg he's legend and uh, Bad Seed Rising. Of course, Bad Seed Rising, uh, young group, but, but definitely making the scene. Your last stop is in Pennsylvania. Uh, what can fans uh, expect when you guys hit the stage uh, part of this tour? Um, what, they, what can they expect from us? Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of uh, high energy. We're kind of known for our energy on stage. There's a lot of um, a lot of that, a lot of energy. I love to crowd surf, so I jump the crowd like as much as I possibly can. Um, I just meet people. We love to meet people on our show. You know, we just come hang out, talk to us. We love that. Um, yeah, definitely all that. And some new songs. We're playing new songs on this tour too, which we're all super stoked about. So that'd be awesome. Awesome. Well, Gage, I want to thank you for your time. Uh, again, more information on their next stop. Visit theromanshow.com. You can find full details of, uh, when they visit the, the, the next location. Or also follow them on Facebook to speak of wolves. And uh, album's already out. Came out July 21st. Listen to it on your streaming uh, service or pick it up on iTunes or any of the other services. Gage, thanks so much for your time and look forward to seeing you out on the road. Dude, thank you so much for having me. I'll talk to you again soon. Will do. Thanks, man. Thanks. Ladies and gentlemen, listeners all around the world, welcome to The Showdown. Welcome back, everyone. It's time to talk to Mixed Martial Arts. I want to let you guys know that this weekend, August 5th, there's a great amateur Mixed Martial Arts show at the MMA Masters facility near Doral, Florida. It's actually in Miami, Florida, but it's located on 7245 Northwest. 25th Street, Premier Fight League returns with a stellar amateur mixed martial arts fight card. Yours truly will be out there ring announcing, so make sure you check out the great fight. Doors open at 6 p.m. Don't be late. They got some uh, beer, wine, and also some great food trucks outside. So make sure you head out there early and enjoy the great fight. 7245 North 25th Street, TFL. And August 11th at 8 p.m., you got some pro mixed martial arts. Let's battleground live in Lake Worth, Florida. 8125 Lake Worth Road. You can get tickets right now. 8 p.m. is the start of the first fight card. And August 18th, Titan FC returns to the Pembroke Pine City Center. It will be airing live on the UFC Fight Live. But you can catch it live for yourself August 18th. They're going to have some great matches. And yours truly will, there. will be out there as well uh, announcing. All right, guys. Well, George. As you know, UFC 214 took place this past weekend. The big story, John Jones defeated Daniel Cormier to retain or actually to become the new uh, light heavyweight champion of the UFC. Daniel Cormier was crying at the end of the fight. Uh, many on social media took to the, the memes and just made the fun of it and, you know, the whole nine yards. Okay, he got lost. He's humbled about it. It is what it is. John Jones is, I, in my opinion, the greatest uh, of all time right now. Uh, Demetrius Johnson, though, is a step ahead because he hasn't gotten into the trouble that John Jones has been in. But hopefully, George, I'm crossing my fingers that he cleans himself up. He seems to be more humble. He seems to be or to know where he is at. And after the fight, he called. We talked about it last week, George, but he actually called out Brock Lesnar for a fight. 
Now, it's going to be some time since um, Brock Lesnar gets cleared to jump inside the octagon. But listen, many people on social media have gone and said, this is ridiculous. Why are you putting John Jones against Brock Lesnar? It makes no sense. Well, and I'd like to reiterate here that the new owners of the UFC, yeah, they follow the guide, the guide as far as rankings, but John Jones versus Brock Lesnar is a money fight. And I don't know about you, George, uh, and myself. If, if I'm, a, I'm just a fight fan and, and I like it to watch entertainment, then by God, hell yeah, I would like to see John Jones versus Brock Lesnar. Does it make sense on paper? Should John Jones fight Brock Lesnar because he, he deserves it? No, of course not. But you know what? What the hell? Why not, George? Why not put those two beasts, go at it one-on-one, a super fight, a dream fight? Brock Lesnar is not getting any younger, so if you're going to do it, you better do it now. Well, <laughs> all I got to say is that, yes, John Jones is the, by like you said, by far one of the greatest fighters of all, like, all time right now, but if you put a, a guy like him against a guy like Brock Lesnar, and you, he, like, I get that John Jones has the reach. Okay, don't get me wrong. I understand that. He proved it against Daniel Cormier, that the, that reach matters. But one thing is fighting a Daniel Cormier. Another is fighting a monster in Brock Lesnar. And on top of that, when the guy has 40 pounds on top of you. So reach better, better play a good role in that fight because if Brock Lesnar by far hypothetically gets his hands on John Jones any time in that fight, he Brock Lesnar is not going to have a hard time taking him down just because of that 40-pound difference. And on top of that, the guy hits like stone. So we might see John Jones suffer a loss if Brock Lesnar gets his hands on him. I beg to differ. I still think that John Jones had the edge. In fact, Las Vegas already has the odds that John Jones would defeat Brock Lesnar if these two were to meet. Plus, Brock Lesnar is going to get tired. You know, John Jones is, has great cardio. He's going he's gonna to play the role. He's going to get him tired, run around, try, try to play the stick and move game. And I'm telling you, George, Brock Lesnar will do. I mean, it is what it is. This is, this is kind of always looking at it with Conor McGregor and Mayweather. Okay, it, but no, all right. But, but, but of course, Brock Lesnar is a fool now mixed martial artist and then former champion. Okay, but uh, what I'm trying to say, Mr. Roman, let me ask you something. Hypothetically, yes, odds are in and blah, blah, blah. Numbers will be numbers. But you always will be surprised. Look what happened with Ronda Rousey and Holly Holm. A lot of people are saying Ronda Rousey is going to defeat her. Guess what? Holly Holm defeated her, correct? So let's, let's hypothetically talk here. What would happen if Brock Lesnar got his hands on John Jones? If, oh, no doubt. If he, yeah. if he if he takes John Jones to the ground and wrestles him, yeah, the chances of, of getting out of a ground and pound is, is pretty much impossible for John Jones. Number one, the weight is a huge difference. You know, Brock Lesnar has a 40, 45-pound advantage over John Jones. And this guy's going to just, just put all his body weight on you, and he's going to ground and pound you. So, yes, but John Jones is not stupid. He's not, he's not going to allow Brock Lesnar to do that bull rush he loves to do and allow him to just think something crazy. No. John Jones is a smart fighter, although he might have, have his uh, personal issues and his personal life is a little bit of a, a challenging. John Jones is a smart fighter. He's not going to let him do that, George. This is not going to happen. 
well, that's but that's why I was saying before. Yes, I hope that he does use his reach to his advantage because that is his pure advantage in this fight. Like comparing to Brock Lesnar, John Jones has a huge reach. As far as that's concerned, John Jones can literally just stand there and just throw sidekicks, mm-hmm. and he would be fine because just that's how long of a reach he has. But if John Jones gets too cocky and says, "Hey, I could just run around this guy," Brock Lesnar will even all he has to do is stick his arm out to one simple mistake. All it takes is one little mistake of John Jones running the wrong way, and if Brock Lesnar grabs him. That's it. It's over. Yeah, it's a wrap. No doubt about that. Well, speaking about grabbing people, one guy that, that defended any type of uh, ground game very well is Tyrone Woodley, the welterweight champion. He defeated Damian Maya, but by far it got a lot of criticism, including UFC president said that Tyrone Woodley will not be taking on former champion Georgia St. Pierre in a money fight. That's not going to happen anymore because of the performance of Tyrone Woodley. In fact, they broke a record for least thrown uh, punches or strikes in a MMA fight. That is how dull this fight was. They had the fans inside the, the, the arena pull out their phones and lights like a lighter and, uh, and started singing because that's how boring, according to the fans, this fight between Tyrone Woodley and Damian Maya was. Because Tyrone defended his potential defense very well. So you can't hate on the guy. I mean, do, do you hate on Floyd Mayweather for dancing around and not going in the pocket and throwing in the punches? No, he's protecting himself. He's playing it safe. And that's what Tyrone Woodley did. Now, is, is it exciting? Hell no. I, I personally won't, won't want to be there and say, oh, let me go check out Tyrone Woodley, you know, defend all these takedowns and do absolutely nothing. No, of course not as a fan, but... You gotta give credit. Credit is due. You know the fight game is is like a game of chess, and you have to know how to play. You you got to be able to to make your next move in in, in an intellectual manner, and that's what he did. It's not exciting, but he won. He's still the champion. Well, to kind of like uh, piggyback of what you said a little second, uh, like a couple minutes ago, when it came to money fights, uh, you know it. it, it if he, if Dana White is really canceling out on Tyrone, uh, Tyrone uh, going against George St. Pierre, and that's if, because he could change his mind, but if he is really going to do that, then give us another mega fight that fans have been asking for years, and that's George St. Pierre versus Anderson Silva. Yes, I know, mm-hmm. two different weight classes, but again, that makes, yeah. no, makes no difference from what they would do if they did John Jones and Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. So every fan, every UFC fan, have been dying to see Silva and St. Pierre. If you're going to cancel out Woodley, which, like you mentioned, is a mega fight between him and St. Pierre, then give the fans what they ask. It's kind of like this, Mr. Roman. If you're going to cancel out a mega fight, right, uh, between St. Pierre and Woodley, and you give them St. Pierre versus uh, Maya, then people are going to be disappointed because they're expecting a mega fight. So what can top a mega fight? A dream fight. And that is Anderson and St. Pierre. Well, I mean, we'll wait and see. Dana White has said that GSP will go up against the middleweight champion Michael Bisping instead because according to White, Bisping will throw down. 
Now, mind you, Georges St. Pierre is not the most exciting fighter either. He's really good. However, except for a couple of knockouts when he 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 knocked out Mac Hughes in a surprising you know fight that he won the title. Other than that, the rest is pure wrestling from from GSP. I mean that that's that's what we've seen. So if you're bashing Tyron Woodley, I, I mean the, the facts are there. GSP before the Mac Hughes, he was not this exciting. You know, punching people out type of fighter. He's a great fighter, and I didn't take anything about that. But uh, come on, that guy's also just wrestling people down, and that's what he does. That's what he's good at. He's not throwing any fancy, smanchy uh, kicks like John Jones. He's not doing that. He's playing it safe. Well, my my opinion stays the same. If you are canceling Woodley, again, I'm not, you know, saying what Woodley did during his fight was bad. I'm just saying if you are gonna cancel Woodley which is already titled a mega fight, what are you going to give the fans? Because the fans, if you give them something the opposite, if you're giving a mega fight and then you just give them a regular fight, they're going to be disappointed. They want to see something that they're spending their money on. And their money is not cheap. <laughs> I hear you. Okay? So mm-hmm. basically what I'm saying is the only way to, to cancel something out is by giving them something bigger. And... You can't go wrong with a dream fight like Anderson and, and, and of course, GSP. You They've can. been asking for that for years. Many years. Moving forward, we're going to attach uh, this, the, the last news here of the Roman show before we leave. The Mayweather fight and McGregor fight, of course, 100 bucks is going to cost us here in the States, over in uh, Ireland and, and, and in, uh, in uh, London. You know, it's going to be actually less than 30 bucks. That sucks, right? But either way... There's another huge major fight the night before, and it's been announced that they're going to have midget boxing, the other, you know, a small person, a small athlete representing Mayweather, and Conor McGregor going at it one-on-one. Apparently, it, it, it's selling more tickets than the fight itself. Everybody wants to see his midget fighting. But it's going to take place the night before the actual Mayweather and Conor McGregor fight. They did it when Pacquiao took on Mayweather. Then in that fight, actually, the mini Pacquiao defeated the mini Mayweather. So let's see what the outcome is between the mini Conor McGregor versus the mini Floyd Mayweather in Las Vegas. You know, hey, why not, right, George? Put a little excitement, a little entertainment there. Two midgets, two midgets going at it, one on one inside the uh, the boxing ring. Well, that explains why so many people were mad when uh, Mayweather beat Pacquiao because a lot of people were relying on the midget fight uh, for their bets. <laughs> So that explains that. But I hope, for Christ's sake, maybe uh, the lightning is striking twice in the same location, meaning that these people who haven't bought their tickets yet for the Mayweather and, and McGregor fight, the real one, are going to see the midget fight first, see who wins, then buy their ticket for the event following the following night, and then place their bets. And hopefully, God forbid, that they learned their lesson for the first one. Let's check that out. All right, guys. We want to thank you very much for tuning in on The Roman Show this week. TheRomanShow.com is where we are always live. Holly Dead on The Roman Show next week. You've seen this badass professional wrestler uh, on Shine and in other promotions, even overseas in Japan for Sardom and many, many others, including on Monday Night Raw. So Holiday will go ahead and speak to us on a one-on-one basis to hear what she has in mind for her next move and... You should be coming to your next city, to your city near you. 
show. Let us know next week on the Roman Show. We're always live at theromanshow.com on our social media accounts on Instagram and on Facebook, Roman Show Media, and on Twitter at the Roman Show. We'll catch you next week right here on the Roman Show. If you haven't been on, you haven't been heard. <laughs>